Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 4. Well, we need to begin today with an unpleasant reality. This is just something that is true, and we need to accept that it's true, even though we might not like it. Uh, if we accept that it's true, we'll be better to face it. And this reality is that as long as you and I are living in this world, we are going to have to deal with temptation. Until the end, whether that's through death or Jesus' return, you are going to have to deal with temptation. Temptation is never merely just going to go away. You're going to have to fight against it. You will have to grow through it and withstand temptation. And so today, as we read Matthew 4, we're going to see the temptation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see what we can learn from Jesus as we deal with temptation in our own lives. Now, Matthew 4, uh, if we look at the first 11 verses, it gives the account of the temptation of Jesus. And then the rest of the chapter uh, really covers the beginning of his ministry, kind of his initial preaching, the calling of the first disciples. Uh, We'll spend a little more time focusing on the temptation in this passage today. And this is a familiar account uh, to many. Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, I don't know about you, but if you think about fasting for one day and one night, you feel pretty weak. 40 days, 40 nights, uh, that's going to be extremely weak. And even there, we, we know that um, Moses did that. Elijah did that. So there's a connection with the 40 days and 40 nights to some key Old Testament figures. Um, and, and he's hungry. And so the tempter comes and says to him, and we start with temptation number one here in Matthew, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus answers, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil takes him to the holy city, clearly Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. So here Satan is doing one of the things he does really well, which is twisting scripture. He's saying, hey, didn't God say his angels are protect you? So jump off. They'll protect you. Look at what God has said. But Jesus responds by saying, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So what what can we learn there? And I think there's a couple things. Uh, The first thing that we should see is that Jesus perfectly overcame 
temptation. And and that even goes straight to kind of one of the always principles from this passage. Jesus has perfectly overcome temptation and offers forgiveness and help to us. The only hope that we have, because the reality is by the time you're old enough to be listening to this podcast and understand it, you have failed in the battle against temptation. At some point, at some level, you have given in to temptation. You are a sinner. You have broken God's law. But Jesus is the Messiah. He is the king that has come to save us from our sins. And one of the things that's critical to that mission is he himself is without sin. And so this passage is important uh, to some extent because of its Christological significance, showing us how Christ uh, overcame temptation how he succeeded where Adam failed and where all the other characters in the Bible had failed and where you and I have failed. He didn't fail. He is the only one then that can be our substitute in life and in death. And so what hope do we have to be saved from our sin? Well, it's only found in a perfect savior. And also, if you think of promises we'll read later, as we get to the book of Hebrews, it talks about the importance of how Christ was tempted, just like we are. Uh, yet he did not give in. So he can give us help. And some have written very eloquently about how Christ has actually withstood more temptation Um than you and I have, because he's felt the full extent of temptation. You and I haven't, because at some point we've given in, right? But Jesus never gave in. So he's felt the full extent of temptation, and he is able to help us. So that's kind of the initial thing we should take away from this, is just note the perfection of Christ. But I do think that not only is Christ our perfect Savior, he is our example. And he came to save us not just from the penalty of sin, but also from its power. And I do firmly believe that looking at the example of Christ here uh, is one of the things that should help us as we fight temptation. And, and really what, what summarizes this is I was just reading this afresh and, and trying to think, oh, how do I summarize what goes on here with Jesus? I would just say Jesus overcomes the temptation of the devil through reliance on God and his word. And, and a lot of that is summed up even in the first thing he says. The first temptation is, hey, make yourself bread. Um, but we know that that's not what Jesus came to use his power for just to please himself. He came to use his power to serve others and ultimately to point to the truth that he is who he claimed to be. And he responds, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And there you see the heart of Christ, even in his weakness after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he's saying, My ultimate dependence isn't on food. My ultimate dependence is on the word of God and really, therefore, on God. And you'll notice he responds to every temptation with scripture. Uh, And another fun fact to note, all of these scriptures come from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, So he responds to temptation with scripture. And I don't think it's, well, if you just memorize scripture for every temptation, you'll never give in again because it was more than just his knowledge of the scripture. He he really depended on the scripture and ultimately he was depending on the God who gave the scripture. He he was depending on his father. 
Uh, so another always principle really from the temptation of Christ, I, I believe, is that our path to victory will come through reliance on God and his word. If you want to have victory over temptation, even in your weakness, uh, we've got to fully rely on God, trust in him and lean on his word. So when we think through, okay, application from today, I want you to think through what are some of the temptations that you face? And even as I'm saying those words, I'm guessing uh, some sins in your life or some common temptations in your life are coming to mind. Maybe anxiety or maybe bitterness or maybe anger, maybe lust, uh, maybe some situation where there's the fear of man and you feel pressured to do something that you know you uh, should not do. Uh, there could be a long list of temptations that come to your mind. I want you to pick two or three of them. Maybe just go with three since you know three is kind of the number of temptations there. What are the first three temptations that, that come into your mind? Temptations you know, I, I'll probably face this soon or I've faced this recently or I've, I've failed in this temptation recently. And then I want you to ask yourself, what would greater reliance on God and his word look like in that moment of temptation? Let's just take anger, for example. I think the brutal reality of anger is lots of times when we give into anger, what we're doing is we're taking things into our own hands instead of relying on the providence of God and trusting the providence of God. Uh, so, so we need to identify, okay, what is it that I'm trying to take into my own hands? How is it that I'm relying on myself and what would reliance on God look like? And that's where it's not some, you know, magic silver bullet that if I just memorize scripture, I'll never fail again, but having some specific scriptures for your specific temptations would be helpful. Jesus was ready with that. I would encourage you to be as well. So think through a few temptations and ask yourself, what would greater reliance on God? in response to this temptation look like? And that's where it's really going to get into the heart because a lot of those things, a lot of those sins, it's really, am I going to trust in myself or am I going to trust in God? Am I going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God? That's what a lot of it's going to come down to. And some verses for those specific sins that help remind you of the providence of God, of the care of God, of the holiness of God will be helpful to get you to rely on him uh, instead of on yourself. So a lot to learn from the temptation of Christ. Now, as we get into the ministry of Christ, notice again, Matthew loves quoting from the Old Testament. So when he talks about Jesus's ministry beginning in Galilee, he quotes from Isaiah 9 here in verses 15. 15 and 16. And, and you'll, you might, you might not be as familiar with these verses, but these verses actually come before some verses that you hear at least every Christmas time for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders, right? This is just a couple verses before that in Isaiah nine. And then you see here, Matthew highlights how Jesus's message is identical to John the Baptist's repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And again, just a reminder, if repent was a key word to John the Baptist and to Jesus, and as we'll see eventually to the apostles, it should be a key word for us. 
And then notice he is inviting people from the beginning to partner with him in this ministry as he calls the first disciples and says, I will make you fishers of men. Uh, Inherent to the call to discipleship is this idea of you're going to recruit others. You are going to try to bring others into discipleship. And then we read about the ministry of Christ, even beginning his teachings, his healings, especially highlighted here at the end of the chapter and great crowds. And next we'll be getting, even slowing down a little bit uh, as we get into a monumental passage in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter five through seven, uh, the sermon on the Mount. But today I want to encourage you, take some time to really consider temptation and to consider what we, we see in Jesus, that he has perfectly overcome temptation and offers forgiveness and help to us. We can worship God for that. We can rely on that help. And our path to victory will come through reliance on God and his word. I want you to spend some time today thinking about what that would look like in your life with the temptations that you face. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.